Coming to you live from a barbecue shack near you, it's the SEC Slow Smoke Podcast. We've got the sweet tea, the white bread, and a whole lot of slow smoke takes lined up. So put down your turkey burger, turn up the volume, and grab your hog, because it's about to be on. Oh, yeah. Now, say hello to your self-proclaimed food and sports experts, the utterly enthusiastic Holt Smash, and the one and only Tinder King of Memphis, Mr. JB the underscore Brooks. And now, here's your host, always full of ship, Alex Bullship One. Welcome back to the official SEC Slow Smoked pre-March Madness podcast. I think we had a great intro beforehand, but I'm joined by my lovely co-host, Holt Smash, and the Tinder King of Memphis, who is not rich enough for five guys these days. How y'all doing? Pretty good. Hopefully, uh, if you guys didn't just hear an intro then that means I screwed something up. But hopefully you all just heard a really awesome intro. I think we should also try to like um like redo it like ourselves, like right now, like like freestyle. It'd be kind of funny. Like get JB to do it real quick. JB, do you have it yeah. memorized? Oh yeah. <laughs> I was gonna say that's that's the only thing I remember from the whole thing. I remember I remember it's funny, but I just remember the whole oh yeah at the end. It's like it does sound like Kool Aid a little bit. It's it's pretty good. I like it. Well see yeah. I'm definitely the white bread of the intro. The white bread? Yeah, I'm the sweet tea. That makes – oh, never mind. It was only two things, I think. Yeah. Alex can be, Alex can be the hog. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Alex is well, the hog. I guess we're all making sense. But it's – I guess it makes sense. And I guess you're saying I, mean, I eat a lot. I get it. I get it. This is going to be a really awkward start to the show if nobody heard that intro, yeah. by the well, way. Well, um, They're going to have, like, no clue yeah, what we'll we're talking to... about do some lyrics but we need to copyright that because i think it's i think it's gonna gonna do big yeah 100 percent. someone's definitely gonna try to steal it from us <laughs> so uh guys what the hell have y'all been up to it's been like six months since we've done a podcast it feels like or at least i've done a podcast it, it has been it, yeah i was about to say yeah, you yeah, I've, been, it has I've, been, been, I've been a team player and uh you've had a lot of things happen in your life lately alex uh you bought a house and uh you moved into it and you also attended your first NASCAR race yesterday. I like, like, how in the world did that happen? Like, I'm trying to figure out how. Like, I would never see Alex at a NASCAR race. Did you uh, put on your Wonder Bread suit like Ricky Bobby? <laughs> I went there, and there was a guy next to me, not like that I came with, but he was there. And I was thinking about he he took his shirt off and was just like in his like long pants and his boots and his hat. And sunglasses. I, I took off my shirt for a second, but then I was told instantly I had to put it back on, so I put it back on. <laughs> but yeah, it's not exactly shirtless weather. Probably, it was probably no. It actually chilly. was. It was. It was like low sixties, late or late um, high fifties, low sixties. But I got a little sunburn yesterday at the track. Yeah. Uh, did you actually say for the entire thing? Yeah, start to finish. Like you really. I mean, I, I, I guess like at football games, you kind of like. And also, we watch football enough, so we um, we know what's going on. And basketball games, you do too, and even soccer games. But like, if you're in NASCAR race, you really just like it's hard to keep up with what's really going on. I mean, you know who's in the lead, 
because they have like a little scoreboard that has like the top what twenty people. Yeah. But it's just it's hard because they go so fast, it's so freaking loud. Biggest regret I had was not taking earplugs. Oh yeah, like you gotta have earplugs for those things. Like those engines are super loud. Did have you been to NASCAR? I've been to one NASCAR race in my life. It was like in the late nineties at Memphis Motorsports Park. Uh, it was like maybe twenty years ago, but I wore earplugs that day, and even then, I thought it was really loud. Yeah, it was. Um, it was fun. It was quite an experience. Um, I don't know if I'd ever pay for it. I got hooked up with a friend that had six tickets, believe it or not. So that's uh, crazy. We, yeah. yeah, I mean Atlanta's. I mean, I used to be a bigger NASCAR fan. Like, I'm just more casually into it now. I do it. I do it for fantasy applications more than anything. Like, that's all I do it for for money and fantasy. But like Atlanta was actually one of my favorite tracks growing up. Like, but yeah. the racing there isn't as good as it used to be. But from what I hear, you got to go to Talladega for sure or Bristol if you want to get more exciting for NASCAR. Not far from Talladega. But what I will say, the big, best thing NASCAR has going for it is that you can bring your own beer to the stadium, to the track. Did you do that? Of course I did. So it was like a little Sunday fun day, and it was um, – Believe it or not, we got like a, like a shit ton, not like a whole, what a whole would call a fuck ton, but a shit ton of beer. And uh, we ran out. We got like a lot and we still ran out. And so I still had to buy a couple beers there. But even then, that wasn't too expensive. But yeah, um, you, can, you can bring your own beer, but I think you can also bring your own food in there. Am I right? Probably. I mean, I'm sure it, you can put anything in a cooler, you're good. Yeah, it's funny, just like, here's a funny story. My grandfather, like back in the mid 80s, went, <laughs> went to a race at, at Talladega in the mid 80s. And he and his buddies took like a, like two or three buckets of KFC chicken and like just held the buckets of KFC in the bleachers, along with the like coolers of beers and just like ate fried chicken throughout the race, like just in their hands. JB, is your uh, is your did they did he find twenty bucks after that? <laughs> I get that, but he doesn't. Is your um, is your grandpa secretly you, JB? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you you enjoying this NASCAR podcast? <laughs> yeah, that's yeah I, mean, I, I just think that was when I saw your Snapchat yesterday, Alex. Like, I was just like, "What the hell is he doing there?" Yeah, I'm actually way more interested to hear about Alex's house than the NASCAR race. Um, have y'all seen? What have y'all seen? Y'all just seen the pictures, kind of? No, I've, I've, I, haven't I haven't seen, seen anything, shit, so I don't know what your house looks yeah, like. Or the, the exterior or the interior. I am actually curious about this. It is a condo, technically, um, in a little complex. It's Really close to my first apartment in Sandy Springs off of, well, I won't get too close because I feel like people, and not that there's that many listeners, but might show up with some. some yeah, you don't want to get Yeah, some like anything. some Kentucky fans that hate me, hate us. We, no, I was about to say, we definitely have some girls who listen. And I, you know, I know you have a girlfriend and you're not trying to get like some girls stalking you and showing up at your pool and all yeah. that stuff. Yeah, we do. Trying to get with you. Um, it's only, only for the dreams now, only for the dreams. Um, but yeah, it's, um, it's nice. It's nicer than my previous two apartments. Um, location is really close to my work and um, everything else, but it is slightly OTP, JB. That's the only bad thing. That's slightly what? OTP. Uh, JB? Outside the perimeter? Yeah, you got it. You got it. But you're, so it's, like, you're in the perimeter center area, I'm assuming, like, yeah, like close yeah. to like that perimeter mall and all oh, that. Oh, actually, here, here's the best. Here's the biggest pro for y'all if y'all ever come and visit me again in your life, which I hope you do soon. But um, I live literally next door to a Taco Bell, a Gus's, and across the street from Zaxby's. God Dude, it's awesome. 
except for I went on a little um, no fast food for for a week or two there, and then um, but yesterday I got yesterday I got Gus's, and then today I got Chick Fil A, so it was all good. <laughs> I made it up for long. it. Yeah, I'm making up for it, but it's 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 a nice little spot, a uh, good location, y'all, y'all, and it's closer to the battery, so that's cool too. But outside of my uh, living arrangement, um, oh, are you living in the south or north now? Of what? <laughs> <In general>. <laughs> <laughs> All right, never mind. We'll move on. We'll move on. He's always been in the north side. You know north side. I mean? Yeah. Um, so uh, lots, a lot has happened since the last time we spoke. A lot, a lot hasn't happened. What hasn't happened is no SEC football. No big stories in SEC football. So this is going to be mainly a basketball-friendly podcast, which is – Kind of crazy because SEC is stepping up their game in basketball. And we're talking about men's basketball. They've always been good in literally every single sport except for um, men's basketball. But now they're, they're, getting, they're getting deeper in basketball. So I don't think they're as good as um, people say because um, people say, like, oh, they have eight, tournaments, or eight teams projected to be in the tournament. But they really have three really good teams and then two or three decent teams after that. And after that, like, it's just – it's just there's so many teams that are about the same. There's Georgia and Vanderbilt that suck, like major wiener. And then there's um, like Mississippi State, Auburn, and Ole Miss, and South, South Carolina. Carolina. South Carolina is weird. They're, they, mm-hmm. they suck against the non-conference, but SEC, they're like, all right, we're, yeah. we're, we're going to play serious Yeah, South Carolina's killed in conference play. They're 9-5 in conference. But what's killed them is how, how they started the season poorly. Like they were absolute shit non-conference play. I, I, but they've gotten better they as the have, season's like going on, have. and I just yeah. I know we've had some fans that you know giving a shit about where we put them in their power in the power rankings. Like even though I have them ninth, like I still think those eight teams I put ahead of them are still better than South Carolina, even though South Carolina is nine and five in conference. If they didn't lose some of the games that earlier year, they lost to Illinois State. They lost to uh, Wofford. Wofford wasn't a bad loss though. It's, Excuse me, I'm looking at last year's soccer. Let me let me update. They did lose the shitty team. They, I think it was Wofford, but I still think they lost like Wyoming or something too this year. Yeah, they lost to someone else. It wasn't. Yeah, I think very it was good. Wyoming. They lost to Wofford. They lost. Excuse me, it was at Wyoming, so that is fair. Tough place to play there, I'm sure. But Wyoming is six and twenty one right now, um, yeah, in the loss. Mountain West Conference. So not not a good loss. But then they they beat teams like Mississippi State. They beat. Um, Ole, Ole Miss. Miss, yeah, Ole Miss, Florida, Missouri, and Vanderbilt. Although everybody's beating Vanderbilt this year. Another thing is Vanderbilt sucks so much wiener, and I just don't understand how they're that bad. They, I mean, they they lose. They like lose very competitively in all their games. Yeah, like I, I gave Holt the pointer about why they're so bad. Is when it's as soon as soon as Darius Garland went down, their entire identity just went away after that. How about um, Darius Garland though? Like he, what do you play like four or five games, and he's still projected to be the number two point guard taken in the draft, like number fifteen yeah, overall. Yeah, he's, he's definitely a top ten pick. He's a lottery pick. Uh, I've seen top fifteen, but I definitely first round. Definitely first round. <laughs> he's, but, he's a lot. I think he's a lottery pick. I would put him as a lottery pick. He's had really good talents. It just um, it kind of sucks because they had a huge huge recruiting class this year, but it's not going to come to fruition because Garland's going to be out, and then. Or the other guy, but the other guy might stay for a little bit. But I don't. I just don't know yeah. about Maryville. I don't know if he's going to get enough time, um, pressure that is to um, yeah. really, you know, take his time and build up Vanderbilt like how it should be. I think exactly. he's better than he's better than Kevin Stallings, but he might not get enough time because he's being their team is so shitty this year. Oh right, and the worst thing is that they were nine and four going into conference play, so they were in pretty good position, like to where they could finish just slightly above five hundred and probably have a good shot at making this NCAA tournament. 
And in the preseason, I had Vanderbilt as one of my tournament teams out of the SEC, but they have been my biggest disappointment this year. I just I can't quite figure out that team. Like they've they've had some close games with some teams, and just haven't been able to completely capitalize. And they have not won an SEC game yet. Holt, you ready to fire Ben Howland yet? Uh, no, not quite yet. We'll see how the what makes season. me mad about Ben Howland is, I mean, obviously this is their their fourth year with that recruiting class with uh, Lamar Peters and NQ. Um, and they had Malik Newman, which um, tough call. Malik Newman or Q's better. Uh, overall. I think obviously Q's had a better college season. Oh, but, but Malik Newman t- tore it up last year with Kansas before he decided to for for like for like before a he month. decided to not get drafted. But you saw his potential. Is what I'm saying. Yeah, well, like does I mean, he's just a shooter. That's his problem. Is like all he can do is shoot. He's undersized. He he was he was only he only shot well for like a month of his career, and it was at Kansas, and it was like during the tournament. So he's um he's undersized shooting guard. This is his problem. It's like it's kind of like very similar to Monte yeah. Ellis, uh, although Monte Ellis is a lot better than him. <laughs> but um, <laughs> he's good. He's similar to Monte Ellis, except for Monte Ellis is way better. <laughs> if that makes sense. Uh, but what makes me mad yeah. about Ben Howland and Mississippi State in general is. Um, they they have improved every year, but they should improve a little bit more. Like they should be mm, probably like a top twenty team. But what makes yeah. me, what makes me the most mad, Jay? Before you get get all in this conversation, I'm talking to Hulk here for a second. <laughs> no, I'm just saying, yeah, I'm just, yeah. I'm not. Oh I'm not yeah, oh, <laughs> oh yeah, that's gonna be your new. Oh yeah. Um, what makes me mad, Holt, is that um, Ole Miss hires Kermit Davis, and they're all of a sudden like a top twenty five team. Not now, but they were at one point. And they beat Mississippi State this year with not as good of recruits and just a lo- lot more um, instability with Ole Miss. And they're now like almost at the same level of Mississippi State in year one of Kermit Davis compared to year four of Ben Howland. Yeah, what, yeah, oh, it's oh, definitely – I'm sorry. I, I thought you were stopped. My bad. You go ahead, Holt. <laughs> Dang, JB. JB, what would you eat tonight? I haven't had dinner at all. Bullshit. No, I have not eaten dinner. I have not. JB, every time I see a snap of you, I'm either thinking it's you singing a su- some stupid country song or you eating some cheese fries from Ch- Huey's or fried pickles. <laughs> Very accurate as of recent. It seems like it is pretty accurate. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah. I mean, Ben Howland, yeah. I mean, I, they've won four games in a row, so they've been playing better. They just uh, – they were losing to South Carolina by, like, 13 early in the second half and ended up winning by 15, so they really turned it on in the second half. Um, against South Carolina, and it looks like they're about uh, one win away from really solidifying a uh, tournament bid. Um, they still have to travel to Auburn and to Tennessee, but they get Missouri at home, and they also get Texas A&M at home. So they should definitely be able to split their last four games and be solidly in the tournament. Um, but, yeah, I, I agree. And Lamar Peters actually was not in the same record. Is he a junior? Q and Malik, Malik Newman. Yeah, he's okay, a junior. Yeah, I got the mix up. Yeah, so Q, it was Q, Malik Newman, and there was other other players too that were good. And Eric yeah, Holman. Yeah, he's Eric actually – And then Holman is actually, believe it or not, I think he's like a like a early second-round draft pick right now. Late, late, yeah, late which first. is crazy because he's he's not even playing like anymore. Like he's, like he's been playing off the bench. Reggie Perry took his job. And he's really just more of like an offensive player. He's not – you know, he's tall and he can block shots, but he's defensively really kind of been a liability this year. And, uh, I mean, it's almost been 
like right when Reggie Perry started playing over him is when Mississippi State started turning. I like it Reggie on. Perry, and uh, just because yeah, Reggie Perry is a beast. He's going to be an absolute stud, and same with Robert Order. I mean, Mississippi State's got two really good freshmen to build around going forward. Let me um, let me ask you this: Hold um, news dropped today about Will Wade getting subpoenaed. Um, which JB then texted me saying that Will Wade's job is in the future is in jeopardy um, because he maybe paid some players from the Northeast to come down to LSU to play basketball, not football. Um, People have been wondering how. Yeah, that'd be really weird if the basketball coach paid some guys to come play football. Yeah, LSU. yeah of course. That'd be really yeah. unusual. Well, they tried to get um, guy who was it? They tried to get um, Zion to play tight end at LSU. Well, yeah, well, he's big enough. He's actually maybe a little too big. Different. I mean, the question is, do they have shoes for him to wear? I don't know, play? man. That's the real question. I don't know. I know um, but anyway, we'll wait. Yeah, whatever, we'll wait. What's we'll his wait. name? Um, we got subpoenaed, and he might not be at LSU next year. We'll see. Sean Miller at Arizona is going through the same thing. Um, but Will Wade's been recruiting at a unprecedented level at LSU. Same has been said about Ben Howland at Mississippi State when he first got there especially. We had Malik Newman. Malik Newman made sense because he's, he's in Mississippi. I think, I think he was in Starkville or Jackson, somewhere around there. Yeah, he was in Jackson, and his dad also played at Mississippi State. Same thing with Reggie yeah. Perry. Reggie Perry's dad played at Mississippi yeah. State. Tyson Carter's dad played at Mississippi Uh-oh. State. Uh-oh. Uh, Reg- Reggie Reggie Perry's dad played <laughs> at Mississippi State. Uh, like I'm not joking. I mean, they've Got really the just like. I mean, <laughs> I'm not saying I'm not saying that like Mississippi State recruits perfectly. I, I definitely don't believe that. But I mean, Mississippi State did just have a run of like, like uh, former MSU basketball players having like awesome basketball is, players. Um, sons just come is, through. Is um, what's his name? Is it Travis Outlaw? Does he have any sons? <laughs> I, not that I, you, not that you, I, yeah, I want, you I want to add on. Hold on, on JB. Hold on. I'm talking. Well, see, I wanted to add on something about Mississippi State, but you just <laughs> want to jump into Will Wade. Like, I'm really, I'm really into this Mississippi State team too. Like, you won't even let me get a little say on this at all. Well, because JB, you talking up for like 20 people at once. I know, but you like just jump into Will Wade here. Like, you just completely forgot about me. I'm like, I'm sitting over here. Like, well, I, I, JB, I'm gonna ask you about Will Wade. Don't worry, I'm gonna ask you about Will Wade. All your no, fans. no, I, but I was actually gonna give you a mention about. I was gonna talk about state for a little bit. All right, Jimmy, but every time here. I every time I jump in, you like interrupt me, Alex. Yeah, every time <laughs> I jump Wait. in and say something like, "Jamie, Jamie, Jamie, stop, 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 JB, JB, don't even act like you're good at math. Like I know you just try to do some math in your head. Don't even. Yeah, but what I, I was gonna add on to what Alex said <laughs> when Alex said that uh, this year's state team like was kind of not doing as well as they are this year, and then last year. To me, this year's state team is what they should have been last year. Last year, they should have been around the six or seven seed and in the NCAA tournament. And this year, they should have been flirting around the top four seeds and being a potentially uh, elite eight, maybe even fringe final four contender. But maybe this is their ceiling with Ben Howland. I don't know. Mississippi State should have been – should be where LSU is now. I agree. This is where they – Mississippi State should be about the third or fourth best team in the conference, not – you know, just above mid-pack. Like, they're a lot be better on the roster than they are. i got to be honest with you, Hole. Whenever I was watching Mississippi State play LSU, probably very similar how you watch Mississippi State play in general for all sports, but I was watching that Mississippi State LSU because they were up by, like, I forgot how much it was, but it wasn't a lot. It was less than 10, I think. But I was just watching. I was like, oh, she's going to come back and win this game. Just Mississippi State's going to find a way to give this one up. I just see it coming. Yep. But. that That is typically how it goes. But, I mean, LSU's a really are. good team. I mean, it's not like. They're terrible. I mean, you know, they obviously had a big upset this past weekend. Uh, I mean, I don't know if it's a big upset, but I mean, yeah. a big win against Tennessee at home. And uh, their point guard, Tremont Waters, didn't even play. And uh, they're, and then Najreed only had like one point. 
So, like, I'm trying to figure out, like, how they well, pull that off. Jamie's Jamie got, got some, some ideas about it, how they won. Are you talking about the uh, Tennessee yeah, LSU yeah. game? That's exactly what we're yeah, talking about. Uh, yeah, that's definitely. <laughs> yeah. No, no, I, I, I was listening. But, yeah, that's uh, some. It's, some it's very It's some very interesting stuff that is that has come out on social media about the head official <laughs> from that game. On the Twitter. On the Twitter sphere, yeah. He, so he hates Tennessee, is that what you're he, he loves he is, LSU. It's more he of a is a, He is a diehard LSU fan, and he was born and raised in Baton Rouge and went to high school there. And a picture from social media surfaced from four years ago of him holding an LSU shirt and saying, go Tigers, like the way they spell it, G-E-A-U-X, Tigers. And there's also another photo from five years ago where in, in which he lost a bet and had to wear a Bama shirt after the LSU Tigers lost to Alabama in football. So it pretty much shows that he's a huge fan of LSU. and Still didn't and have during, owners, though. So I'm um, so is he an SEC he, official or is it or is college basketball, college basketball like rotates. is it just uniform yeah, that, across? Most of these officials uh, will usually officiate about two or three different conferences. Anthony Jordan, I think, officiates okay. some other conferences as well, along with the SEC. But in the game, uh, the foul discrepancy was really high with his. Like there was, uh, I got the stats here actually from that game. He blew uh, forty-four whistles. And 29 of those were in favor of LSU and 15 in favor of Tennessee. So basically 29 of those 44 whistles were on Tennessee. And then the other two officials blew it 19 times for one guy and then 23 for the other guy. And then Anthony Jordan blew his whistle twice as much. And then 29 were calls on Tennessee, 15 on LSU. I never what, – What was the – wasn't the uh, final score like 82 to 80? It was 80? 82 to 80 in overtime. Right. I mean, I've never, I've never. So, how did. I'm just trying to figure out how LSU scored 81 points without Tremont Waters or Najree. I mean, it did go to overtime, too. It was another five minutes, but it was, I think this. But still, that's 80, that's 81 points from the rest of their team. I'm just trying to figure out how that happened. I mean, it's basketball. You always got guys that step up, but I'm not ever one to blame. Translation. How the fuck do I know? <laughs> I'm not one to. I really do, but I mean, I'm not one. <laughs> I mean, they got – it's not – they're not just Tremont Waters either. They got a lot of great players on that team, like Nas Reed, who didn't even hardly score any points in that game. I think he only scored like three points. <laughs> oh, my God, Jamie. Jamie. JV, like, do you even listen to what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> I literally just said he scored one Yeah, point. and then – but I also – I said it two, I said it two different times. Tyler Mays uh, stepped up in that game as well. Did you hear that Tremont Waters wasn't in the game either? No, Tremont Waters is not in the yeah, game. I heard, I, but I was going to say – Najri didn't even score that many points. Yeah, but I was going to say, like, I'm not one to ever get on the officials, and I didn't even think about the officiating that much. But to think that the worst call I think he made, there's a lot of calls that, you know, analysts are saying were bad, but the only call in that game that I thought was a little suspect was at the very end uh, at overtime when uh, a Tennessee player and an LSU player were diving for a loose ball, and Anthony Jordan blew his whistle and called a foul on Tennessee with like 0.6 seconds left, and LSU ended up shooting two free throws and won the game. That was the only call that I thought was a little suspect because in that kind of situation, I think you just swallow the whistle and let the clock expire and go to the next overtime and don't ever let that kind of thing decide the game. You know, there was a point where Tennessee escaped Vanderbilt you know, with a win yeah, in overtime. And there was. I think Grant Williams had like 25 free throws. Compared to Vanderbilt's like 10 or something like that. Yeah. He did have a lot. 
Did you check to see if the referees from that game were Tennessee? Did, I, I never, did I even say that I care? Like it's, I'm just saying what I'm reading. Like I don't even give a shit. Like it's, it's a regular season game. All right, all right, JV, we get it. You don't care. JV's a football it. fan anyway. He doesn't care about Tennessee basketball. I know y'all want to try to bring out fandom in me, but it's, I'm not even one that's. <laughs> I didn't even bring up the I officials know. like one I know. time. I'm just saying that's what I have read. That's why they won. It's been also reported on all these outlets, too. I mean, Paul Feinbaum touched on it as well. Like Tennessee graduate? Yeah. Yeah, I was about to say, he's not biased. No, you know, Paul Feinbaum doesn't claim his alma mater. I guess. But what I was going to say, Holt, did you not say – did you not have, like, a little heart-to-heart with uh, Travis Outlaw whenever you saw him to ask him if he had any kids that were going to Mississippi State? <laughs> no, I actually do have a Travis Outlaw story. I don't know if I told him no, the podcast I want to hear before, it. <laughs> but – we had uh, – I used to work at the Starville uh, – so Travis Hell was from Starville, Mississippi, and he had uh, – but obviously he didn't play Mississippi State so he went straight to the NBA at a high school. And he donated a bunch of money to this uh, to this uh, sportsplex that I used to work at. And I was just an intern there. I was just part of my scholarship – or not scholarship, part of my degree that I had to go intern somewhere for a semester. So I went and did that. And uh, I – like, I don't watch basketball, so I don't even know what – Travis Outlaw looks like and uh so we're sitting in the gym one day and there's like this there's like this kids basketball tournament or whatever that I'm working and uh my boss comes over to me and he says hey you see that guy sitting on the uh the ledge over there like can you go tell him to move and there's like this dude sitting over there and uh there's like all these signs like all over this ledge. it's a stage actually and it says like nobody sit here like no one's allowed to sit there's like literally like 10 signs on the stage saying no one's allowed to sit here and Travis Ella donated, like, I don't know, like, ho- however many thousands, hundreds of thousands of dollars, like, for this place. And, uh, you know, so that, like, all the, you know, kids of Starville could play there or whatever. And uh, so I start walking over to this dude, and I have, like, no clue who he is. And, uh, you know, I'm about to have to get on this dude. I'm like, dude, you got to, like, get – you got to, like, get the hell out of here because, you know <laughs> – I don't know if you can read, but there's like signs everywhere that say you can't sit. I here. think he was one of those dudes who had the goggles uh, when he played too, right? Well, I just didn't. I just say I, I don't even know. What he, I still don't know what he looks and like. I think he played with the goggles, yeah. But anyway, anyway, it ended up being Travis Outlaw, and uh, luckily, right before I got to him, my boss called me back and he was like, "No, I'm just kidding. That's Travis Outlaw. Don't do that." <laughs> but I'm Holt. I'm Holt Smash. <laughs> Does he know? That's right. It's like but anyway, that's my Travis Hall yeah, story. Good one too. And then you found twenty dollars, right? That's um, right. All right, let's talk about let's talk about and SEC it. other teams. So we talked about Vanderbilt sucking dick. We've talked about um, Tennessee getting unfairly treated by the refs. Uh, we talked about Mississippi State being worse than they are, should be. Um, Ole Miss has been, but I mean they're still going to make the tournament. Yeah, they're still going to make Ole Miss. Ole Miss is a curious case because. Um, right now, I think they're projected to be in, but they could play their way, way out of it. Um, they have a good record, nineteen and eight, but I think they they still probably get in. But it's just yeah. um, that's a tough call because they could. Well, they still have they still have Tennessee and Kentucky. They're both at home, but those are two really tough games. Uh, Let's talk about some other teams that to see. Um, like for instance, uh, Auburn this year, JB. Um, I know you uh, like to follow Auburn. Bruce Pearl, uh, the coach, former Tennessee coach, who still loves Tennessee. I think. I don't even know if it's low key, JB. I think he's still. I think it's like obvious he still loves Tennessee very much. But um, I think Auburn is a lot better than their record. And I think when we start to talk about the SEC tournament coming up and whatever it is, a couple weeks, three weeks from now, 
talk about dangerous teams. To me, I think of Auburn being a dangerous team. I actually think about Mississippi State being a dangerous team. Teams that are – their records aren't great, but they have a lot of talent on their team. Auburn's won. Mississippi State's won. South Carolina's won just because they play tough. Um, but, Jamie, talk about what's going on with Auburn this year and why they're not as good as they should be. Yeah, the problem with Auburn is the consistency. Like, they can show spurts where they're easily a top 15 caliber team, but there's other times where they just disappear. Like, you look at this last week, they got blown out uh, by both of their opponents, which uh, I think they got blown out at Kentucky by – they lost by 27, but at times they were down by more than 30. Didn't even really give them a, a game whatsoever. And then back Wednesday, last Wednesday, they uh, played They played Arkansas. They blew them out. They took care of the game a week before. Uh, they, they, they won at Vanderbilt, but there's another game I'm thinking of in which they did not play so well. I'm trying to remember which one it was. They Oh, yeah. that was It was a home game against Ole Miss. Like, that's a game you're supposed to win, and they ended up blowing that one. That, that game is – like one of those games that could really determine you know, the standings for the SEC tournament. But what I don't like about this Auburn team is inconsistency, but they definitely have all the tools to be a scary team in March. And right now they're probably slotted around a seven or an eight seed. And if they are on and get the right matchup, they can be one of those teams that could scare one seed in the second round. Question number two, JB, is Vanderbilt going to finish the season with zero SEC wins? Okay, well, we're going to start off with the next four games that they have. I got so you. This I'm Wednesday night, this, this you Wednesday it? night, they are hosting Florida. Yeah, they're hosting Florida this Wednesday night. Probably have to chalk that as the loss. Florida cannot afford to lose that kind of game. They are, that would be a horrible loss for Florida. They are a bubble team right now. Uh, this Saturday, uh, Vanderbilt is going to be playing at Texas A&M. Texas A&M is actually a team that's starting to play pretty well right now. They have won the last two. I will talk that as a loss for Vanderbilt as well. Uh, next Wednesday night, they are playing Arkansas at home. The way Arkansas has been playing lately with five losses, I will say that is Vanderbilt's best shot at getting a victory in the, in the SEC play is next Wednesday, March 6th, against Arkansas. And then they finish off the season at LSU, which they're not going to win. So, yeah, the best chance for a conference win is going to be against Arkansas at home next Wednesday on March 6th. I think they can get a win uh, yeah, through I think that. I think they're going to beat Arkansas. What about you, JB? That's what I really want to know. I'll actually say they will. The way Arkansas has been playing lately, they have five, five losses in a row. Like, I don't know what's happened to them. Like, at one point, they were a bubble team on our uh, bubble. They line. beat LSU on yeah, the road. Yeah, they beat LSU. They were sitting at 14-8. and eight, And they were poised to make a run to potentially be a team that could get on the bubble and have a shot to make the tournament. But that five-game losing streak has pretty much killed their season. They're um they're a relatively young team. They uh they had a lot of turnover from last year. They have Daniel Gafford, who's one of the best NBA prospects in the SEC, but um they had a lot of turnover from last year. Um, which I don't know if you follow how closely y'all follow recruiting in the SEC or just basketball recruiting in general. I kind of like the way um Mike Anderson recruits at Arkansas. He doesn't recruit like I mean, besides like some players like Bobby Portis, he doesn't really recruit four and five stars. He just recruits depth, so he gets like six or seven three stars. Like the 2008 recruiting class, count it right now is three, four, five, six, seven, eight guys, and there are some four stars in here, but I don't really believe in this. Uh, I think somebody pumped these up in Wikipedia, but uh, none of them are really true four stars. So things just recruits a lot of. He gets hard, yeah. He gets hard-nosed guys that fit his system. Like, he wants to get hustle players. Like, that's what Nolan Richardson thrived on. Like, his guys were highly athletic, 
and blue collar players too. Like, not really many Nolan Richardson's guys during his forty minutes of hell tenure really ever had NBA. Williamson was the best one he ever had, but most of those guys were those homegrown guys that really fit his system well and hustled and were able to play as a team. That's Mike Anderson just hasn't really been able to emulate what Nolan Richardson had back in the early nineties. I think that's, you know, and Mike Anderson was a long time Nolan Richardson uh, assistant too. I think he's a pretty good coach though. uh, Nonetheless, like, I mean, he's obviously not Nolan Richardson, but I mean, he's, he's probably what you'd want. I mean, obviously Arkansas wants to be better, but I mean, they're, um, they get to the NCAA tournament pretty regularly now. I mean, like they got to it last year when they really weren't supposed to, and I think they'll get there next year. We'll see. But, um, I kind of, I like my characters, but I kind of have a lot of bias because I liked him when he was at UAB and at Missouri. Um, it was really good at Missouri. But, uh, sp- yeah, I like him too. Speaking of Missouri, JB, um, or Holt, if you have some uh, comments on this, but I'll, I'll keep it to JB because I think he has a better insight. Um, Kunzo is being Kunzo now. Do you think he, um, has, another year at Missouri or um, I don't think he's going to get fired this year, but like you think he could stretch it out no. to two years or do you think after the third year, he's going to find a mid-major conference to jump to anyway, before he gets fired? <laughs> well, as you know, like Conzo he's the master of that. Says that once he's saying at one place for three years and then bolting as soon as teams and schools realize that he's not as good as the coach as you think he is. And actually next year's Missouri team is poised to be a pretty decent team. Like I think next year's team is probably going to be easily the top half of the conference with well, pretty much all, all their main guys coming back because pretty much everyone's going to be back. I think They're... even Geist is going to be back. Jordan Geist. I don't John know for Porter. sure. Let me look. Porter's not. Porter's not. Porter's not. I'm trying to – okay, Geist will not be back. Yeah. But next year he's got he's got pretty much most of his uh, rotational guys are going to be back and and I think next year they are going to be like a top half in the, in the conference team. And, you know, it could easily be that he finishes, you know, something like, you know, 20 and 11 in the regular season, sneaks into the tournament as a 10 seed, wins the first round, puts off, puts up a fight in the second round against the two seed and, you know, gets ousted and then ends up taking a job at another school after that because he realizes he's peaked already in year three. Hold if the uh, season ended today and tournament SEC tournament play started, who would you be? I guess most scared of playing in the SEC tournament, or who do you think is going to win it? Is it just going to be Kentucky? Is that you what know, you're going to say? Well, I mean, I just, I mean, aside from like the main three, like obviously, like Tennessee, Kentucky, and LSU are the the three main contenders. Um, I just, I feel most confident in Kentucky right now, just because I just feel like they're playing at a really high level. They did lose to LSU at home, but it's kind of a controversial call, and you know, I I do think LSU is really good, but I still think uh, Kentucky is probably the best team. As far as, like, a team that, like, maybe is off the radar a little bit that most people might not be looking at, I actually kind of think uh, Florida is a team to watch out for. I mean, obviously, they just beat LSU on the road. And uh, they shoot a ton of threes, but they haven't been super, you know, successful at doing it uh, this year. Like, they throw up a bunch of shots, but they don't hit a lot of them. And uh, they started to hit a lot of them lately. They've won four in a row, and uh, obviously, they play really good defense as well. So, I think they're a team that could, uh, you know, kind of make some noise in the SEC tournament. But, I mean, there's a few teams kind of in that middle pack that I think could maybe do something. People people talk about, obviously, the NCAA tournament is very exciting, especially the first two days, if not the first four days, for first weekend in general is really fun. But I actually really love watching the conference tournaments too because it's, it's very yeah. cutthroat and teams play out of desperation to get the tournament. They do. Like, right. I actually am more of a fan of the uh, mid-major conference tournaments than the uh, Power Five conference tournaments because most of those team schools, like, this is their last go-around. Like, 
Yeah, it's a do or die. Like a tournament, and it's do or die for most of those schools. Rarely any of them ever get in as that largest. So their whole season comes down to that one little conference tournament. And you got, like, all those teams that have a lot of seniors on those rosters. Like, this is the last time they're ever going to be playing basketball. And a lot of those conference tournaments are on their home school, home courts as well. Like, they're not a neutral site. So it actually makes it even more exciting. Jamie, we talked about this um, earlier, but Tennessee went the longest part of the season being number one and only having one loss early in the year to a good Kansas team, which – I think they could probably beat now, but Kansas is starting to play a little bit better. But they're playing they were playing inconsistent, I guess, in the middle of the season. But um Tennessee was number one for I don't know, two months maybe. Um, but they now have a couple of losses to um they've added to it with Kentucky and now LSU, controversial LSU, obviously with Kentucky they got blown out. But um we were talking earlier that this is a good thing that they lost um to these two games because they <laughs> they go off the radar a little bit and they can play a little bit of an underdog role, right? Yeah, I mean, they, they, even while they were number one for about four – I think it was like four weeks they were number one. Even while they were number one, they weren't really a highly respected number one. Like, no, Everyone never. was still really talk. they were like the most – they were not a really highly respected number one like you would expect. Like, people are still mainly talking about Duke and Michigan State, Kentucky, like the Blue Bloods that, that you're used to seeing at number one. But Tennessee really got to number one by virtue just because they had no one else to put there when they got to number one. And they had to keep them there until they lost. And then once they lost, they dropped four spots. But, like, that, that Kentucky loss for them was – and that, that was definitely one of those kind of games that showed them, like, humbled them a little bit. But then the LSU game was just the ultimate gut punch. Like, those two losses, you know, it'll be kind of a measuring stick to see where they are and where they stand going into these last four games because they kind of hit, have, have hit murderers row in their schedule. The first half of the SEC schedule for them was really soft. But the back half has been more loaded with uh, bubble teams and teams that are going to be playing hard and go- trying to make the tournament and solidify their seeding. And also they're playing better teams now too. So it, it'll be an ultimate test for them. I mean, I, I would actually probably say Kentucky is, like, is the best team in the conference right now. But Tennessee's still lurking there. I still think they're a Final Four contender, but I'd really like that Kentucky team. I wouldn't – I mean, I, I always say, especially because – I know Calipari, and I, whenever he p- coached at Memphis, I just know that he always he always has the teams peaking in March at the right time, and they're just they're they're just always a dangerous team to play in March. So I would never really want to play Kentucky in March, but um, I also would never want to play Tennessee. Like out of the three, I think um, LSU is the most vulnerable to get upset in the tournament because they're more young, or I guess younger. But um, yeah, Tennessee is just going to be a tough out in the tournament. They this isn't their first rodeo. They were. What, like a Sweet 16 team last year, I think, and they're uh... well. Actually, last year, you know, actually last year, I thought they were Sweet 16. I don't even know why I said that. They got knocked out in the uh, second round against by Loyola. Chicago by uh, yeah, Loyola had a shot to go ahead by one, I think, with uh, five seconds to go in the game, and uh, of course, Loyola Chicago ended up Chicago ended up going on that miraculous run, made it to the Final Four as an 11 seed. Yeah, but I mean, they're still. They're a very experienced team. That's why, like, I always tell you, I would love to watch Tennessee play Duke in the um, tournament because it's just two contrasting styles, like one and dones with very good college players, experienced college players, and know what they're doing. So, and Duke, yeah, <laughs> Duke looked very, very vulnerable, especially without Zion. But they just they they play sloppy yeah. sometimes. Like they're, you know, this is maybe one of the best recruiting classes mm-hmm. the Dukes had or anybody's ever had. I mean, Kentucky had that really good recruiting class with Carlton Towns and Devin Booker. Yeah. But um, this is, you know, potentially 
three picks in the top five is what you're talking with Duke right now. And then you have um, yeah, Jones too, Trey Jones. But um, they don't play as good as that Kentucky team that only lost, what, two games to Vanderbilt no. and like, Wisconsin. If, yeah. And if Kentucky and Duke played again now, I would probably say Kentucky would beat them. I think Kentucky yeah. is, a, is the most improved team from November to now. And the biggest catalyst for me on that team for their improvement, um, look at Hagens. Like, he – from November to now, like that guy is complete. Yeah, and then also PJ Washington has turned his motors turned on as soon as February hit. Like he is a completely different player now. And then also uh, Reed Travis, this senior grad transfer from Stanford, he's been like their glue guy on that team and their senior leader. They never really had had an experienced guy in their lineup. Now they do. Like this Calipari team is sneaky good and one of those teams that could easily win the national championship. This might be his best team to win. I think it's his best team to have a chance to win the national championship since the team in 2012 with Anthony yeah. Davis. Yeah. I don't know how long Reed Travis is out, though, for. He, I mean, I think he's going to be playing the tournament, but I just don't know how long he's actually yeah. out for. I think he's going to get held out through at least most of the regular season. I think he could potentially play this Saturday against Tennessee. I have not seen his status, but if, man, if I'm Coach Calipari, you're seeding and you're, the status of your team is in great shape right now. Don't risk Reed Travis at all. Like, have him healthy going into the conference tournament and into the late tournament. People are talking about now that PG, PJ Washington might have passed Grant Williams as SEC player. There. I, I think there's no chance anybody should win besides PJ Washington. But you know what makes him mad hold is that nobody's giving Q the love he deserves. I know, man. He's uh, yeah. he's really been carrying Mississippi State the last few weeks. Um, he's really turned it on. He's actually about to catch Grant Williams for points per game for the conference lead. Um, obviously, he you know doesn't get as many, like, rebounds and assists, I guess, as Grant Williams probably does. I don't know. I haven't looked. But Q's really turned it on. And uh, he actually has a chance to end up as Mississippi State's second all-time leading scorer. Behind? Uh, if he keeps playing well. Behind? Is it uh, deep some guy who Some guy who played a long time ago. Lawrence Roberts? No. Lawrence Roberts actually was a grad tra- – not a grad transfer, but he was a transfer, so he doesn't really – Yeah, he transferred count. from Baylor. Yeah. He's actually with that, like, whole Baylor scan. I mean, he wasn't involved, but, like, he was – part of that team, I guess, I think. Um, which I love Lawrence Roberts. He was fun to watch. Um, but, yeah, Q, Q's really good. So, whenever I see SEC Player of the Year talk come up, I see Grant Williams, P.J. Washington, and um, Q a little bit. And then I think I see even Tremont Waters a little bit. But uh, the problem, the reason why Q's not going Jeff, to it, Jeff Malone has the most points in Mississippi State basketball history, by the way, mm. from 79 to 83. That was a little before our time. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but um, nobody talks about Q. I mean, they're also not going to talk about him because Mississippi State needs to be like a top 25 team in contention for them to really win SEC Player of the Year. I mean, um, I think they they got some votes for top 25 this week. I mean, I think they're borderline. But, yeah, I mean, I agree. I don't think he's going to get there. I mean, I think Grant Williams and P.J. Washington deserve, you know, the credit. But, you know, yeah, I mean, I, you know, selfishly as a Mississippi State fan, I'd like to see him get a little bit more love because he's just been like a rock for a team that has had so much – like inconsistency around him. The funny thing about this is those three players we just mentioned, Grant Williams, PJ, PJ Washington, and Q, none of them are projected to be first round draft picks. Out of all of them, I think probably PJ Washington has the highest draft stock, but even then, they're second round picks and not projected to, projected to do well in the NBA. Although I do like yeah. Q a lot because he can shoot. He's a little undersized, but I feel like there's yeah. more upside with him than with Grant Williams because he is undersized. The knock on Q, from what I can tell, is just that he's not great at anything. You know what I mean? He's he's good at everything, but he's not great at anything. Like, there's no skill. 
uh, or tool, I guess you would say in baseball terms that like uh, is going to carry him, you know, like there's, there's nothing he does where you're like, yeah, he does that at an NBA level. He's just like a, a real, he's just really good at everything at the college level. If that makes sense. The problem <laughs> you just, you don't realize how competitive the NBA is and how great everybody is in the NBA until you talk about some players are really good in college that just, probably won't play in the NBA for a long period of time. Like NFL, there's what, like 50 guys on 55 guys on the team, 54 guys on a team. And you have second and third strength. I think it's 50. I think it's, I think it's 53 in the NFL. All right. Well, thanks. Yeah. That's uh, the active uh, roster. I mean, obviously a practice squad too. Yeah. And that practice yeah, squad yeah. almost makes as much as me and Holt and JB, but um, they have a good life in the NFL. I mean, they don't have a long shelf life, but um, it's easier to make the NFL um, than, in college basketball or NBA, so that's why we never made it to NBA. But we did have some killer, killer sessions, killer two on twos. Well, yeah, we did. And I was just about to say, uh, I graduated high school the same year as Manny Machado, and he just signed a ten-year, three hundred million dollar deal. So I think he's he's a little ahead of me so far. I think he's. I looked him up before. I think he actually, I think he's from like the Miami, Florida area, but he also played like the competitive His, baseball and Georgia. Oh, yeah. Well, I was going to say his parents are from the Dominican, but he grew up in Florida as well as but, say. But, like, <laughs> I did, like, one of those – I think I had one of those board days work where you just look up people where they see that they play baseball. And I don't know if you know the competitive teams. You probably do, hold, or you should at least if you're the scout. Like, you know, like the um, summer league teams, the high school, like, showcase right. teams. But I think he played for the um, – one of the East Cobb Astros or East Cobb teams that are really good. Yeah. But – but um, nonetheless, he's not an SEC player, so we can talk about. Um, yeah, so SEC basketball. <laughs> um, fun, exciting, deep, uh, but we shall see. I just want to uh, say real quick for you, I don't know if we're about to move on or not, Alex, but I just wanted to say Georgia, like, man, like, what a rough, what a rough week they've had. I mean, they had, like, the whole incident with the fan throw something on the field or on the court. Mm-hmm. He gave Q another <laughs> shot uh, to win the game. I mean, he had another shot either way, but it actually getting two extra shots to win the game with, like, no time left. And then they had a chance to uh, – they were down one with the ball with five seconds left and uh, had a really bad inbound play that they had to throw up a three that was no good. So it's kind of a really rough week for, for Georgia. However, they do – and I'll let you talk, Jay, because I'm like you're about to say something. But um, they did sign what some people quote as the number one player – in the 2019 class, Anthony Edwards, uh, which is kind of weird in, in general. But it's like sometimes you, you look at these players that sign with these colleges that aren't blue bloods, and you're like, what's happening? What's going on? How much is how much is he getting paid? But then, like in what you're saying, Holt, with Mississippi State, you can kind of explain it away. Well, like his his dad played here, or he's got a cousin or whatever that played at Mississippi State. But Anthony Edwards was – he's from the Atlanta area, and he was recruited very hard by Georgia before Tom Crean was there. So – I think it was just compounded with that. But uh, very interesting when, like, really good players, five-star players, sign with shitty schools at the time and kind of build them up because Georgia's going to be pretty – I would say pretty good, but they're going to be a lot better than they are this year, um, maybe yeah. above 500, which is a big step from this year. Um, yeah. And Georgia made the right hire in Tom Crean, too. Like, they're not going to be – this is the worst they're going to be under Tom Crean. Like, he is a, he's a really good coach. He's an outstanding competitor. He is exactly where he needs to be at a place like Georgia, where the expectations aren't so high, unlike Indiana. Like, he's going to win at Georgia. 
And I can pretty much put a stamp on that. He will have George in the NCAA tournament within the next two years. I just can't handle those looks on his face. Like they are fun, fun for Twitter though. <laughs> He's always got yeah, he some goofy ass look on his face, like a hundred percent of the time. He does. He looks. He looks like Tim. He looks like Tim Robbins, the guy from yeah. uh, what's Shout that out. movie? Yeah, Shaw Shaker. Shaw Bull Durham. Uh, what am I thinking? Of? I'm thinking of Tony Robbins. <laughs> I'm thinking of Tim. I'm thinking of Tim Robbins. he looks like the Shawshank Redemption character. Yeah. Well, I think there's always like a meme of him like gulping down like Pepto Bismol when he's watching watching a game because he like he just goes all over the place and he sweats so much and he looks like he's going crazy about to have a heart attack. He does. Like he's he's a very intense guy. He is the major competitor, but he also truly deeply loves his players too, and he's a class act and. I'm rooting for him to succeed at Georgia, and I want him to, and I think he will. I was actually glad that Anthony Edwards went there um, over some of the other schools because Memphis was trying to recruit him. Uh, Memphis tries to recruit everybody now, but they think they have a chance at least. And I'm just glad he didn't go to like a like major competition school. Like Georgia could make the NCAA tournament next year, but like honestly, it's kind of like it's kind of like when a really good player goes somewhere and like they're only there for a year, and it's like unless they do something that year, it's not going to have an impact. Like he, they might make the tournament. That's about it. I don't think they're going to go far, and they're not going to. And that's kind of selfish, I guess, but I just don't, don't think it's going to go too far with Anthony Edwards. Um, but he should be – I think he's projected to be the number one pick next draft, 2020 draft, I guess it would be. But we'll see where it goes. Um, but definitely Tom Green is better than previous staff at Georgia. Um, we're going to get close to the rapid-fire round, but let's talk about football for a second. By football, I mean we'll talk about SEC football, but I kind of want to talk – Touch a real quick on the uh, new startup AAF. Um, JB is our local uh, Memphis Express beat writer today. What's going on with the Express, and why can't they win a game? Is that all straight Christian Hackenberg? It is, but also uh, Hackenberg got benched, and Zach Mettenberger is now the starter for the Memphis Express, and will be uh, this Good. weekend against San Diego. So. Mettenberger's finally the starter, it, and when they played Orlando last week, they made a late surge at the end of the game and had a chance to win it uh, when, when Mettenberger came in. Like, they looked a lot better against Orlando, but as we know, like, they, the, the uh, Alliance schedule is not as many games, and they're already 0-3, so the Express are going to play flawless the rest of the year, in my opinion, in order to have a shot. I don't know who all makes the playoffs in, in the Alliance. Is it the best four teams? I guess, because there's only, like, what, eight teams? Eight teams. I'm guessing it's the top four teams. So, if, if that's the case, they're going to pretty much have to win out in order to have a shot. But, I mean, they do look improved a little bit. Like, the only thing they've really been missing is offense. Like, their defense is stout, but they've been on the field so much because their offense hasn't been able to generate any kind of yardage. I do. But with Mettenberger, they're better. I do not like Mike Singletary, though. Like, I don't hate him. It's just he's just so boring. Oh, yeah. It's, it's definitely a boring style that they play. Like, I think Orlando is probably the best team in the Alliance by far. Yeah, it's Steve Swagger coach team, yeah. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. Uh, have you watched a single minute of AAF? Yeah, I watched uh, the Memphis-Birmingham game, and uh, I was just so disgusted watching that team try to score the football that I just quit. Uh, it was bad. Watching. It was bad. They, like, I mean, they're watching them play offense. I mean, it's giving me flashbacks to watching Mississippi State play, so I just can't <laughs> do it. They do have uh, Trent Richardson on Birmingham. They, I mean, a lot of lot of yeah. He had a good. Like, he had, didn't he have three? Tu- he had three touchdowns the other day. So yeah, Trent Richardson has six touchdowns so far through three games. I think currently Trent Richardson has the most rushing touchdowns, and Zach Stacy, the Memphis running back, has the most rushing yards. So two SEC the... guys, one from Alabama, and one from Vanderbilt, are leading in rushing in the Alliance. I haven't looked up how Aaron Murray is doing, but I mean, he was number one pick, I think, whenever they did have a draft. So I'm curious. I think he's, he, he's not playing. Uh, 
I forgot who Atlanta's playing, but Aaron Murray, I think, is like their second string. He was the number one draft pick. How is he not the starter? I don't know, but he's. I, I think it was Matt Sims that started for Atlanta over uh, Aaron Murray. Is am I correct? Yeah. So I, I was looking at this whole I think thing. It's Matt Sims. I, yeah, I think that my grad. I was looking at this whole thing why Aaron Murray is even playing to begin with because like he's got a good gig with um, CBS Sports now. Like, why would he leave? But I guess he could probably do both still. Like, he could play football now in like the college football offseason, basically, and then still do the week week to week. At CBS Sports thing, but I'm not positive how that works. But that's what I'm guessing now because they're not getting paid much for the AFL or AF, AF. No, no, they're not making squat. But the guys that are playing the Alliance have high aspirations to try to make it back to the NFL or make it to the NFL, or they just genuinely love the game. Yeah, and they're they're doing this. The AF as opposed to the XFL. AF is truly trying to be like a minor league to the NFL. XFL, they might be a little delusional. They're trying to like compete for NFL talent. Say like, hey. um, <laughs> first round like whatever his name is um for Clemson I can't think of his name what's the what's the quarterback's name I thought brought his name already the Clemson quarterback that just won that championship Trevor Lawrence Trevor Lawrence thank you yeah uh, they're probably gonna they're gonna try to get Trevor Lawrence to go to XFL as opposed to NFL and like that's crazy right now I mean maybe it'll happen in yeah. five years well it's but... actually perfect because he's gonna be they said they're gonna take college sophomores and he's gonna be yeah. a sophomore so that would make they sense. have a chance to uh, steal him from the NFL and if they offer him enough money he might take it yeah I would I would like to see stuff like that happen Yes, that would be really cool. It, it's awesome until they take someone from like one of my favorite teams. Yeah, like, sometimes, yeah, yeah. I'm just like, bro, what the fuck? Yeah. So um, that's AAF. Not totally boring, but not um, NFL. Yeah, it so. hasn't. It hasn't kept my interest, honestly. I will, that's, that's mostly because Memphis has been terrible, and that's the only team I care about. I will watch the playoffs though. Playoffs might be kind of exciting. Yeah, I. I mean, Steve Sprayer, from what I've seen so far, has been pretty exciting. So. Yeah. I think that's what all the teams should have done is they try, should have tried to hire a college offensive-minded guy and had a lot more fun with it than try to be like the boring, run the ball straight at the middle of every play and get two yards. Yeah. Like, Seuss Warriors, this is like hey, a okay. victory lap for him doing this, jo- doing this job with the Apollos. Like, he's having fun doing it. Like, it seems like he's having the most fun he's had since when he was at Florida. Since he's a young lad. <laughs> yeah, like, it's, a, it's like a victory lap jo- job to me. Like, he wasn't having fun at all at South Carolina in his last couple of seasons, but he generally looks like he's having fun doing this. Yeah. Let's uh, move on to SEC football, but the problem is nothing's really happened with SEC football, but Holt wants to talk about SEC football for a bit, so Holt, I'll let you lead it off. Well, yeah, I mean, we, you know, obviously, like, the SEC football is king, and it always is number one, so even when there's nothing going on, we're still going to find something to talk about because right. – I mean, if you guys are like me, then basketball's – I mean, it's all right, but, you know, it's not enough. So, I was just going to see what you guys – who you guys thought were some of the, like, newcomers this year that were going to show out, whether it be, like, a coach or, like, a recruit or a transfer. Like, like who is, like, the new guy, the new kid on the block that's going to make some noise this year and make an impact in SEC? What do you all got? I don't know about new guys, but um, I did see on Twitter today that somebody was pumping up Grant Delpit for LSU. For, well, he was awesome last year. So. Yeah, people were saying, like, this is going to be the new – I don't know. I don't know if somebody was saying Heisman, but, like, I guess SEC Defensive Player of the Year or something like that, that he was going to be, like, the okay. new dude. But um, we'll see. I, I um, yeah. actually well, – He was, like, all – he was first-team all-conference last year. So, I mean, yeah, I think it's pretty safe to say he's going to be good next year. 
yeah, but it threw me off. I just I was thinking like, well, I don't know. But also like defensive players don't come to my come to my my mind as fast as offensive players do. I like to think about defensive players like who's really good. But um I am excited about Rich Rodriguez and hopefully um he can take over the head coaching duties for Matt Luke at Ole Miss. That's what I'm probably most excited to see. Yeah. I wonder if McIntyre and Rich Rod like both took that job <laughs> thinking like like this coach is about to get fired and if I do like just good enough I can maybe like land like another power five job like out of this. Yeah. Like they made yeah. they made just like like literally all they had to do is just wait for Matt Luke to like suck the first few games and then get fired like halfway through the season. Probably conspire against like, them. <laughs> and then like one of them is gonna take over and then like they're gonna win. <laughs> They're gonna win like some like <laughs> meaningless games down the stretch and like like win the job and like win the team over, and they're just gonna like well, one of them's. It's either gonna be him or McIntyre is gonna like weasel their way into the head coaching job at Ole Miss. Well, not so fast, Holt, because Brett McMurphy might know something that you and I and even Alex may not even know about. Because you and me, Holt, both think Ole Miss is probably gonna be the worst team in the conference next year. Brett McMurphy doesn't seem to think so because I saw his bowl pro- early bowl projections for next year. He's got Ole Miss projected to go to the Outback Bowl, which means they probably would have had to win like seven or eight games. So I don't know what the hell he's smoking. I guess he is expecting they're going to score about 80 points a game and win all their games like 80 to 55 or something. But like I don't know what he's seeing. Well, I mean, I do think they're going to be better on defense next year. I don't, my question is, like, they lose so much on offense, like, Especially like on the offensive line and the receivers, like they have some good receivers backing up, but uh, they're going to be back. But they don't have like a, a solid playmaker on the outside. They don't have a quarterback, and they don't have an offensive line. I mean, I'm not saying that they don't have a quarterback on the roster who can play well, but I just don't see it. And I, I think their defense is, is going to be improved this year, but I don't think it's going to be like that much improved. I mean, I yeah see them as I mean I see them as like though like if they make a bowl game, I would be really impressed. Honestly. I would be too. Like the way I see it is like their offense is going to take multiple steps back and their defense is just going to take maybe one step forward, but that's going to be a drastic difference. Like, and they only won five games with that high powered offense. Right. I, um, yeah, I think it'll be interesting to see, um, how that plays out. But I also think like, I, I don't know how you feel about Breckman Murphy, but I kind of, I love him and I hate him. Um, yeah. what, what I, I'm, that's exactly how I feel about him. Because sometimes he's like lame, and like his tweets are so dry. But then sometimes he does it. He does do a good job, and he's kind of funny trolling other fans, especially Ohio State and Urban Meyer. But um, <laughs> he um, he's just he's kind of lame, but he's funny sometimes. And it's just I don't know. I mean, he's kind of a freelancer. I mean, no, he works, he works for, for the uh, stadium. The stadium. He works for a stadium now, but he for a while he was just freelancing. I think I think the way it was working out, like whenever he got fired from ESPN, I think he had like a no compete clause or he couldn't work. I think that's what was going on. I don't know. But, I mean, he never told me officially, but that's why I figured it out. Yeah. Well, I remember, what was it, last year he had, like, all the bowl scoops. Like, he was, like, the the one reporting, like, all the bowl games, like, officially, like, the official matchups. My yeah. favorite is and, when he tweets out, like, um, South Florida will be playing Florida Atlantic in 2026 in a home-and-home home series. Yeah, it's, like, freaking awesome. Yeah. Cool Yeah, story. we don't care. Um, another thing – I'll be excited to watch for SEC football is year two of Dan Mullen. And I really want to see Emory Jones take over Felipe Franks. And they got Todd Grantham back, kept him away from the Bengals. Uh, was he, is that a legitimate thing? Yeah. The Bengals offered him the defense corner position. He decided to, he was happy. In game. Didn't they, they hired the Bengals hired some Sean McVay, like understudy basically. Right. In turn. 
I think that's uh, they, they hired I'm, they hired some young guy. Who they are. I think they hired some really young guy. Like they they went the Sean McVay route, which is so funny that like everybody just thinks this is gonna work from now on. Like Sean McVay is like a dude that's completely different from everybody else. Like not everybody that's like thirty three is gonna be a great coach. You don't think Cliff Kingsbury is gonna do a great job yeah. with the Cardinals? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like he pulled one a fast dude, one on everybody. That's talk so about funny. talk about falling forward. I mean, Jesus. Like <laughs> yeah, like I mean, you, you get, get fired, fired from Texas, Texas Tech, and. It is everyone's like, oh well, he coached Patrick Mahomes. I'm like, yeah, he had Patrick Mahomes, and he still sucked. Yeah. Like, I mean, and he still sucked with Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> like, what do you want? Like, I don't know. Whatever. He'll probably be awesome. Who knows? Alex, what are you doing? I had to go get water and not <laughs> not, not, not wake up everybody now. <laughs> <laughs> It was a sneak attack. I had to make sure you let sleeping dogs lie. You know how that goes. That's what but um, I, I do have water now, so we're good. <laughs> we're good. I was like, I was really hoping y'all would like feel the air, and you stopped talking about Patrick Mahomes. It's like just done. You're like, Alex, what's next? I'm like, shit. Let me get my water. Let me get my water real big. Um, but yeah, we'll go to Gus's. We'll, we'll go to Gus's while we're here. It'll be good. Although I don't know. I mean, Davey's not gonna go, but Holt, you should go because like you don't have Gus's anymore, or do you have Gus's? Uh, no, they don't have Gus's here. Mm. Well, you yeah, should... me and Holt are going to franchise the Gus's. I was just, I was, was going to say you really should go, Colt, because you're going to be like owning one one day. Yeah, mm. I don't know. I don't know how I feel about working in the food industry. Like, I feel like that might be really stressful, but we'll see. Maybe it'll be good. We should we should definitely franchise the Gus's or Central Barbecue in Destin, Florida. You should we should hire like Dalton to be like the hit guy. Like whenever you have a bad customer, you just go sit, take some out. <laughs> You got a problem, y'all? We got a problem here? I don't uh, know if you noticed, but I have a lot of tattoos, so you don't, probably don't want to mess with me. He's got those sleeves. Like, that's just intimidating enough. Yeah. All right. Before um, we go here, I think it's uh, time for rapid fire, unless holt has got some more SEC football up his sleeve that he's not telling us about. Well, no. I just wanted JB to answer my question, too, about the, the newcomer, because you answered, and then JB just started talking about something else. Oh. Well, you know what? I'm going to give my newcomer to uh, Rich Rodriguez. Like, I mean, that's what Alex was saying to me. But, you know, since you said Rich Rod, who I was going to say, I'm going to go ahead and switch it. I'll switch it to Jim Chaney. I think Jim Chaney is going to be an excellent pickup for uh, Jeremy Pruitt for his uh, offense. Like, he's going to give him full reign to that offense, and I expect them to drastically improve from Tyson Hilton's system. So, I'll go Jim Chaney at Tennessee. Debbie, but the problem, right. the problem there is they need a quarterback to throw the ball. And offensive line is the main thing. I'm more worried about their offensive, offensive line than the quarterback. Yeah, I, don't, I, don't, I think any quarterback can throw behind an offensive line that gives you time. But if you only get 1.5 seconds, you're not going to be able to complete any kind of passes. Yeah. Defense, you, you shouldn't be worried about. Just offense. Um, I don't know, like, how you feel in SEC. Like, I'd probably rather have a good defense and a shitty offense than a great offense than a, and a shitty defense. Yeah, the best, the main thing about that is that Pruitt had to micromanage a lot on offense last year because he had no trust in Tyson Helton. But with Jim Chaney, he's going to have Jim Chaney have full reins for the offense, complete control, and then Pruitt's just going to be concentrated mainly on being a CEO and having some input with the defense. Will there be an official SEC slow smoke watch party at the Mississippi State Tennessee game next year? We should have. I mean, I think we're going to be at the game. Yeah, that's basically what I'm saying. That's the plan. That's basically what I'm saying. Yeah, cool. All right, cool. Yeah, yeah we're gonna have we're gonna have like 
koozies and shirts and stuff by then we're going to be giving out probably everybody's going to be we should honestly we should do like a koozie and shirt that says oh yeah oh 100 i think that works man um holt you ready for rapid fire yet dude i am who's sitting on the hot seat today um i'll take the i'll take the i'll take the bullet you want to i'll take the bullet jb do you have any questions or is this just me going Jamie's going to answer uh, this questions. This, this, is, this is definitely your segment, Holt. This is all well, you, okay. brother. I'm just well, like, I mean, because usually when we do this, I'll, yeah. I'll ask like two questions, and then you'll either decide you want to answer <laughs> yeah. them or yeah. you'll decide that you want to ask a question. <laughs> yeah. And like, I'm just giving yeah, you like, the opportunity right now. I'm giving you the opportunity right now. Like, if you have some questions, like, it's fine. We can do this together. But once I get on a roll, you better not be interrupting me. Okay, hold on. Let me tell you this. I will not interrupt you, but if I come up with the question, I will let you know. You raise your hands. And, you raise your hands. I will ask you. I will. I will just blow air into this, like, and let you know that I have a question. I think you should. That's, you have, that's the I, sign. I know. No, I wait, think. Wait, do it. Do it again. Just make sure I got it. Sorry. <laughs> I think. Or I'll do a fart. I'll, how about I do a fart? No, sound? no. I think, JB. I think you should bark twice. Or twice. Yeah. Okay, right. Like, <laughs> no, no, bark. Bark. Oh. Ruff, ruff. <laughs> oh, no. Let's, let, how about I'll, I'll do like the Georgia Bulldogs fan? Whoa, 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 whoa. No, JB, I like it. I like the bark better. Okay. Plus, you're not a Georgia fan. <laughs> Sick them. All right. Are we, are we ready? Going on in five, four, three, two, one. What is your Chick fil A order? Two chicken sandwiches, one with American cheese, one regular with large fry, medium sweet tea, two mayonnaise, one buffalo sauce, one ranch. No Chick-fil-A sauce? No Chick-fil-A sauce. I got Chick-fil-A today too, by the way, which I guess you already heard. I'm not a big fan of Chick-fil-A sauce. People people talk about it big, but not not for me, man. (laughs) Plus, I think I have have a uh, family pack ready for – Wow. Chick- for Chick Fil A for free because of the whole uh, rewards wow. that JB does. Wow, wow! You're not the you. You changed. You changed, Alex. Never had my you life. Changed. We are changed. we are disappointed in you, brother. We are disappointed, <laughs> brother. <laughs> brother Alex. All right. What is your favorite chicken wing flavor? Mild. Yuck. What you, blue blue cheese or ranch? Oh, ranch. Uh, boneless or traditional? Traditional. How many are you putting down? Fifteen to twenty. Drummies or flats? Mm, I ain't got no type, but probably drummies if I had to choose. You just because they're easier to eat, or you think they taste better? Mm, I think it's because they're easier. Never. To eat. Never. See, I used to feel that way too, but I'm actually starting to get to where I think uh, the flats are easier to eat. Really. Yeah. yeah, I think flats have more flavor. I I, I like flats more. I used to, I when like I was a kid, I like drummies more. But the the more the, the more I eat wings, the more I actually like flats more. I got you. Yeah, I, got you. I know that like flats. I know that I'm not on the hot seat here, but since I am running this show, I have the right to answer these questions if I want. And uh, what I've really been doing lately is like I'll get lemon pepper, and then I'll get mild sauce like on the side, and then I'll dip the lemon pepper in the mild sauce and eat it like that. What's that your that's some good shit. What's your go-to wing place now? Um, I mean, honestly, I usually just beat ups. Nothing special. I was at Buffalo Jackson Destin yesterday, uh, just because I was down there, and that place is just a hidden gem. Yeah, for sure. And, good, good picks. Good picks. Yeah. So if you didn't see it, uh, 
pictures is on our Instagram at SCC Slow Smoked. But uh, yeah, it was it was really good. I did I did the pick two, and I got the um, or pick three, excuse me, and I got the Chinese egg rolls, five wings, and chili cheese fries. Speaking of uh, being a fat ass, when I before I moved in, I went to Taco Bell, went with the lady, and um, I ordered up front, and then, um, and then my lady ordered afterwards. Like, oh wait, you're ordering too? I was like, she's like, yeah. And then I was like, oh, I thought that was for both of y'all. I'm like, oh, sorry, this happens. And then I, <laughs> yeah, I was like, do you know me? Like, yeah, like I come here like twice a week. Y'all think y'all knew? <laughs> Taco here is expensive though. We aren't ready for the we aren't ready for the prices. JB, don't be broken. Uh, Alex, how uh, can you run a marathon? Physically, yeah, I can. I can finish one like, without stopping. Yeah. So, how like what's your pace? What would your pace be? If you had to uh, guess. Um, right now, if I if I trained, I could definitely run under one in three hours. But probably like if I was like tip top shape, probably like under two and a half hours, maybe. So, how many miles is that? Just like trolley per mile. Oh, uh, pace wise, that's two, three hours, I think is under seven minute pace. I think two thirties, like two thirties, like six minute pace. Jesus. But that's if I really trained and like, I don't want to do that much training. Getting it. Do you have to like do your diet too? Or is that just strictly like just how much you run? No, I really don't diet. I mean, I, I could, but I don't think it really mess. I just think I have like a strong stomach and a strong tolerance. So do you like when you're running for that long? Do you have to like eat something like in the middle of the race? We we were actually just talking about this yesterday because I remember when I first started like getting into running, I was like watching these shows, these running nerd shows, and saying like if you ran over run over eight miles at one time, like you need to eat like a granola bar or something like that. But like it doesn't come into effect until maybe marathon. Even then, you don't like really eat anything heavy. Like you you have like gel packs you can. Yeah, that's in. what I've seen people eat is like those like goo packs or whatever. But what happens is you'll get like those um, side stitches like with those like cramps in your stomach. And it's just like yeah. that's why that's why people like take salt packets or it's, it's just it's just weird. Like you're it's a whole other dynamic when you're running. 26 have you miles. ever had to like quit a marathon like or not quit, but you ever had to like stop mid marathon to go to the bathroom? Uh, well, first of all, I've never ran a marathon, but um, no, I've never stopped a race to go to the bathroom. I've stopped. <laughs> I've stopped. Um, I've stopped running like in a normal everyday run to like go to the bathroom in the bushes. Um. So you never run a marathon. No, I've run half. What was the Saint? What was the Saint Jude thing? Half. Was it half marathon? Yeah, half. Marathons to me so, just doesn't sound fun. It's just too. But fun. you're, but you're, you're convinced you could run a marathon though. Yeah, I mean, after you run a certain amount of time, um, it's not necessarily like, like, could you finish it physically? It's like you can finish it physically. It's just like how fast you would go. I mean, right now, if I ran a marathon, the only thing I'd be worried about, not necessarily my breathing. It would be like my legs afterwards to see if like they would be injured because like you'd have muscle soreness, obviously, but you could get like shin splints, stress fractures, all this other stuff that would come along with it. Yeah, that doesn't sound good. No. You've been going to the gym at all? I went to the gym last Saturday. I still have a membership, which LA Fitness is really close to me, even closer than it was last time, like less than a half a mile from me now. And um, I want to go more than I've been going, but uh, went last Saturday. I do um, very pro sauna, but I do other workouts while I'm there too. I was just about to ask yeah. about the sauna. That's that's the thing is like I'm possibly moving to Memphis soon. I don't. It's not like 100% yet, but I'm feeling like it's probably going to happen. But uh, I was thinking if I – obviously, I'd have to switch mm-hmm. gyms. And I was thinking maybe I'd try to find a gym in Memphis. There is LA Fitness in Memphis. But, 
Yeah, but I mean, it just depends on like what's close to me and like how much they're charging yeah, per month uh, and like factors. how busy they are yeah. and all that stuff. Because like I, I hate going to the gym when it's super busy. Yeah. It's just kind of a buzzkill. But uh, all right, what is your favorite fast food burger? Mm, burger, couple couple items. Uh, backyard burger is pretty good. That nobody gets anymore. I feel like they pretty much are dead. But uh, actually, I like Sonic a lot. That no, never, not a lot of people go anymore. Wow, wow. Wow. I just can't do like Sonic what? as much anymore. Like, I just feel like the burgers don't have any taste. Yeah, I don't like Sonic's burgers at all. I just, yeah. Sorry. Did you see they're doing fried Oreos now, though? Oh, my God. Yeah, I'm I have gonna, tried them. They are I'm good. I'm to get some of that. They are good. Dude, fried Oreos are so good, dude. It is. Like, you, is... Think they're, you think they're going to be crunchy, but they're actually, like, really soft yeah. and warm. Oh, yeah, so good. it's soft and warm, like. And if you dip it in some icing too, oh my god, it's the greatest thing ever. It's so good. Fried Oreos, like I'm like I'm sure they're awful for you, but man, like that just they're so yeah. good. Yeah, like every always, time I go to a carnival, I have to get some. Yeah, like I always thought of fried Oreos as a food that you'd only get at a fair, but now it's become a little bit more uh, like mainstream where you can find them at some places like and then places like Sonic that are introducing it to their menu. Like I'm glad that it's becoming more popular. So Alex, when you make a burger at home, like what are you putting on it? Like what are your what are your toppings? Obviously, you got the bun and the burger, but what else? What else? Um, I got some cheese, cheddar or American, either one's fine. Um, You got to put some Huey seasoning on it, and you got to put some um, pickles and tomatoes, maybe depending. Like really, it's kind of like one of those things. Like uh, you might disagree, hope because you put a one on your steak, I think. But like a lot of times, if like the the meat is cooked well like there's not too much else you really want to put on the meat because t- the meat tastes so good no I, I mean i like a burger with a one sauce on it every now and then but generally i know i was a mistake for you but if, no i don't i don't even put a one on steak anymore i did when i was a kid but nowadays i'm just i'm just eating them straight i don't eat a lot of steak these days because i'm poor but yeah when i do when i do get one i i do try to you know i just like to roll with with the meat by itself with the flavor talking but uh so Loki um really good burger topping that some places are about, some places are not. Um, but I feel like everyone should be all for, even though it's really unhealthy, is a uh, mayo. You you and you and JB are mayonnaise. I'll eat it if May- it's on there, but I'm not gonna put it on there. Like sometimes I eat it when No may- mayonnaise on a hamburger like to me is is it's a, something it's pretty something good. Special. It is really good. Like mayo and bacon on a burger, like together, mayo and bacon is a great combo. Dang, you are just feeling each other tonight. We are yeah. speaking each other's language. So, uh, what is your favorite dessert? Like, if if you were gonna, if Homegirl uh, is gonna make you some dessert, then let's just assume. Like, I don't know, maybe she makes something that's really good that you like. But like, just assuming like she can make everything like just as good, like however as good. Did you like it? Like, what, like, what would you I'm want going, her to make you if she was if she I'm could cook anything? Either chocolate chip cookies or banana pudding. Probably banana pudding, though. Yeah, banana pudding's big yeah. time. Banana pudding's probably my favorite dessert, but I also love uh, brownies. Yeah, I like brownies. I'm very, very, very yeah. pro brownies. Yeah. Um, chocolate chip cookies are good, but I definitely need some milk. I can't eat them by themselves. I need milk with them too. And uh, also, I'm a big fan of peanut butter cookies. Not as common. Not as peanut common, butter cookies. Yeah. I'm a I'm a really really big fan of like uh, Subway has really good peanut butter cookies. I got you. Uh, 
A lot of people don't know that. A lot of people sleep on uh, on Subway's cookies game. Dude, cookie I, game, I mean, but... I just I would feel weird, but I've I thought about like going in and get the three three cookies for like a dollar thirty or dollar fifty, whatever it is, and just bouncing out. But like, I just don't want to be that person. It's worth it. It's worth it. Yeah, you're probably gonna be like right in front of some kid and take like the last three. <laughs> sorry, sorry, man. You gotta you gotta work in this world. <laughs> Snooze, you lose. <laughs> Mom's gonna be right behind. <laughs> you're adopted. <laughs> <laughs> Your mom doesn't love you. <laughs> Sorry, Jacob. <laughs> um, all right. Uh, are you excited for baseball to start? Uh, you can you can say yeah, that. Well, different reasons. Not like truly excited. I'm excited because I like to go Braves games for like the social aspect. But actually, believe it or not, I am excited for college baseball, uh, which is already happening now. But I because SEC is really good in baseball, and it's actually more fun. I feel like more people are into it. Yeah, well, the SEC, like, as good as they are in football, like, they might be even better in baseball. I think we've had this discussion before. Um, SEC is really good in baseball, and women's basketball is really good, and gymnastics is really good, track's really good. I don't know what's best. Softball. Softball is, but I think it's either softball. Yeah, softball is I think softball the best. might be the best, and then women's basketball might be second best. Like, I mean, the SEC, like, honestly, in softball will have, like, anywhere from, like, 10 to 12 teams in the top 25. Yeah, softball like juggernaut in the SEC. Yeah. But anyway, that's that's all I got. Unless JB's got something. <laughs> no, I didn't. I didn't hear <laughs> any wolves or. No, no wolves for me. I will tell y'all. Um, y'all come up. We're gonna try this place called Smoke Jack Barbecue. It's up and off right. I kind of far. I haven't been to it yet, but I'm gonna go to it soon. But everybody talks big, big game about it. I'm trying to figure out when I'm going to come to Atlanta next. I need to get like settled in. It'll be um, before I start making any. It'll be a Braves Braves weekend though. See, maybe hold, maybe hold to be uh, next time Atlanta happens. It could be you and I riding up there together. Oh yeah, yeah, Yeah. it could be. You're driving. Yeah, I guess you are the professional driver. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it doesn't matter to me. Is this the the, is this (laughs) the end closing time? Um, I guess so. so. All we're gonna do. Hopefully, hopefully we're gonna get the outro to work. Yeah, after but if this. not, it'll still be weird. We're calling it. I don't know if that's like an official word. The only t- the only place I've heard outro before is like on a rap album. <laughs> so I don't know if that's actually like a real term, but I mean I feel like that's a good term for for what what it's called or for what it what it is. Outro out. Peace. Thanks for tuning in to another outstanding episode of the SEC Slow Smoke Podcast. Be sure to rate us and subscribe on iTunes or your podcast app of choice. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at SEC Slow Smoked. Spread the good word on this podcast like the chili and cheese on your fries. If you like this podcast, tell a friend because there's plenty to go around. Oh.